Hello and welcome to Green by Design. This is your host, Erica Reiner from Eco Method Interiors. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Julie Nalon of No Wire Hangers. Thank you so much for your time today, Julie, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Julie right before we pop in. So Julie has had a passion for organization and the environment since she was a child growing up in the suburbs outside of Detroit, Michigan. Her mother had a gift for organizing and with her guidance, Julie soon found that she preferred categorizing the toys in her toy box to playing with them. So she was actually in the past in the film and television world and between projects, between those two things, she started organizing her colleagues' homes and built her business out of that passion. So she has been um, around, let's see, since for a few years now, I don't think I have a start date. I saw a date 2014, but that was actually when just when she appeared on the Conan O'Brien show. So she's been doing this for a bit and she currently resides here with me in Los Angeles and look is looking forward to helping more people clear the clutter and live a more simplified lifestyle. So that's a little bit about her and I'm so excited to have her on and get to learn all this good stuff. So again, thank you so much and we can jump right into it. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that story of how you, you know, kind of started taking your mom's influence and then got asked to do some organizing at work and built your own business out of this? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a kid and I didn't realize it was a skill because I was born this way. So I just assumed everyone knew how to do this. Um, so when I started doing it for people, they started telling me how good I was at it. Um, that's when I realized, oh, you know, maybe I could make a living out of this. And then I learned more about the industry and realized that, you know, people do actually make a career out of this. So I started in 2008 and went full time with my business. That's an amazing story. So basically you were helping out like your colleagues and bosses as like a, Hey, can you just get this done for me? Everything is so cluttered. And like, I need you to go through this. Always just been a part of my life. Like when I would go to my friend's house when I was like eight years old, I would clean their room instead of that was, you know, my, <laughs> my joy. So it was, uh, you know, it's just always been a part of my life. I just didn't really realize that I could make a career out of it. Right. So, okay. So the reason that I found you, we found you and we're so excited to have you on is not just because the world of interior design and organizing is similar in a lot of respects, but because you also have an interest and passion for the environment. And that um, is actually how we found you because you promote that and that's a part of who you are and you're not afraid to share it. So I would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes with organizing, you know, the whole buying and consuming and then the purging. Um, you know, I didn't want to just come in people's homes and do this constant, you know, buy, buy, buy and get rid of and organize. So I really help people focus on what they're buying, you know, where is it coming from? Where is it going to end up? Like, what is the future of this object? So I really try to help my clients focus on that and how to just, you know, live more simply, you know, to help themselves and help the planet. I love that. And that's summarized really well, but I want to dig into that a little bit more. So you on the day-to-day -day come into contact with people who are 
have so much stuff, have consumed so much that they actually feel overwhelmed by it. Um, it's not just that there's, you know, not a label on a bin. It's that there's quite a lot of stuff and, um, you know, not, not everyone, not every culture is like this, but we live in a culture that is a really consumeristic capitalist based culture for better, or for worse. And sometimes things can get out of hand for a lot of people, for most people really. And we end up having more stuff than what we need. And I got into, I guess you call it like the, you know, mi minimalism bandwagon a few years ago. I've always been super into organizing and decluttering and I love that whole thing. I got a chance to speak to a master feng shui um, practitioner recently. And she kind of explained the importance of decluttering on an energetic level and what, why, you know, people get so into it and why it feels so freeing. So that was super interesting for me to learn, but I'd love to dig into a little bit more on your thoughts of, you know, some of the things and patterns you see in people with consumption and how it gets tied up, you know, emotionally and how you are really helping people to not just purge things, but then have a new approach to purchasing or being careful about what they bring in. And for lack of a better word, just kind of like getting in touch with that minimalist or just less -ist <laughs> style. I think the biggest thing I see in what people are mostly drowning in is paperwork. Um, and I'm completely paperless. We only have two pieces of paper in my house. Um, we don't get any mail. Uh, that means any unwanted mail. So we stopped all the junk mail from coming in, everything being printed. Um, and that just, you know, is a big help within the house because we just don't have all that stuff cluttering up and we're able to focus on what we need to focus on that comes in the mail, whether it's medical bills or DMV or whatnot. Um, but it just really helps to, you know, obviously save trees and just cut down on all that paper and then the recycling. Um, you know, people think they're doing their job by recycling, but, you know, the first R is reduce. So it's really about stopping that stuff. So I'm always looking for ways to help stop things from coming into the house. So I'll really focus on that, whether it's junk mail, um, you know, plastic bags, paper bags, you know, just trying to find ways that people can reuse what they have. Um, another thing we do too, is just, you know, everybody wants to go shopping and buy bins and that's usually the last stage of the process in working with me. Cause a lot of times I can repurpose what they already have or find new functions for things. So I always like the creative process of that and finding different ways to use items. Or also then if you need to buy an item, buying an item that has multiple functions, um, so that you don't need so many things. Um, so just always looking for ways to cut down. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the challenges you have with that and getting people on board or do you, or they're at their point or like they could just be at the point where they're like, I'm ready to do whatever you say, but what's that like? Is it hard to get people to convert? Well, you know, just like anything, it's just creating new habits, you know, but once they start doing it, your brain just then it's automatic, you know, it's, you don't even have to think about it anymore. You know, for me, like when I go to the grocery store, I have two bags that I always take in with me. I bring them home and then they sit with my keys and they go back up to my car and go back in. So we don't have like a million reusable bags floating around and cluttering up or we can't find one when we need it. So once you set up systems and routines, it's, it's pretty easy to go with. So with the purging process, where does the stuff go um, once you're trying to get it out of a client's home? 
That's a great question. And usually I, I really, I love finding different resources for things because I think it helps people let go if they know it's going to somebody who really needs it and getting, you know, items to people. Um, you know, like I work with a battered women's shelter here in Los Angeles and I worked with a client cleaning out their storage unit and they had all this baby gear and they were not going to have any more children. And I drove it to the women's shelter and a mom moved in the night before with five kids and had nothing. And so it went from my car, from my client's storage unit to my car into this woman's hands. So it's really great. And I think clients are more likely to let go of things if they know it's going to someone who really needs it. I can totally understand that uh, from my own personal experience and working with people as well. Um, how did you find those organizations? Were they ones that you just knew about or as you're, you know, like in this business, you just kind of developed a list of good homes that things could get rehomed to? Yeah. I mean, I'm always on the lookout for stuff. Obviously COVID made it a lot harder. Um, but now there's so many great sites, you know, um, online, the buy nothing groups, you know, um, so you post an item and then somebody will come pick it up, which is great. So, you know, there's really, there's no excuse. There's, you can find people easily now who will come, you know, pick up your things that you no longer need that they really do need. Absolutely. That's actually a really hot tip. I always talk about like the buy trade sell groups when I'm talking about buying pre-loved for interior design stuff, but um say it again, it was the buy nothing group and like kind of yeah. post free stuff and people will just come get it in your area. So, so I guess people should look out for that on Facebook groups in their, in their area. Oops. And then, you know, next door is another good resource and, um, Craigslist, obviously the free section. Um, so there's lots of different ways, you know, those various, um, the internet to get people, you know, to pick up your stuff for free, for sure. And even and I don't think have, you know, the broken bicycle, I've read a story about a guy who's going around collecting broken bicycles to fix them up then to give them to kids who needed them. Ooh, um, I love that. So it's, you know, it's not just, you know, you know, one man's trash is another <laughs> man's treasure is definitely true. So I always try to get people to think it's always one last stop before the dump. If you can see if somebody has a use for it or needs it. Absolutely. And now do you take the stuff that is ready to be donated or rehomed or whatever out of your client's homes or do you leave that up to them? No, I, I will haul away as much as I can uh, after a session. I would be worried about them pick going over and picking back through it and trying yeah. to get take well, stuff. They're going to do it, but it has to leave the house within 24 hours. Like you just got to get it out. Because I've had clients before where I go to work with them and I find a bag in the closet and I said, oh, what's this? And they said, oh, that was our donation bag from, you know, six years ago. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gets stuck. Okay. I love that. So, you know, getting creative, using all of the resources and the online tools that we have to make sure that things get a good and proper home, which is going to help incentivize the, you know, purging process after you have decluttered. Um, so tell us a little bit, I saw in your website that you won an award for being a green organizer. I'd love to learn a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so funny now, cause I think I just assume that everybody is a green organizer because no way <laughs> I've met many who are not, I have to say, I know. I know it's like wishful thinking, but, uh, yeah. I mean, when I first started, it just was a part of, you know, of what my beliefs are and, you know, and I definitely think there was a, you know, a lot of people interested in that because, you know, you're doing double duty, you're helping yourself and you're helping the planet. So, you know, it's just a really good way. And, you know, there's adjustments that you can make in your lifestyles. It's not that difficult that can really, you know, help yourself and the planet. 
Absolutely. Um, and, but who gave you the, uh, do you recall who gave you that, um, award? We can give them a quick shout out here if you do. Uh, the National Association of Professional Organizers, they held for a number of years, the organizing awards in Los Angeles. That's awesome. So you kind of had to explain like what you do to be green with your clients and, um, assess it at that level. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Okay. So, um, I think, that interior design and organizing has a lot of similarities. It's a lot of similarities in the type of client. It's a lot of similarities, I think, in the like process and phases of the process to a degree. And um, I, I'm often in homes where I think an organizer is needed first or maybe later. Um, and maybe it's vice versa. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how the two are connected and if you ever work with designers. And if you do, um, what do you wish you knew or what do you wish you could tell designers that's something that like really bugs you when you're ever having to work with a designer or they've already worked with the one and you kind of have to go back in? Like, what's that overlap like, the good and the bad? Yeah, I, mean, I love working designers. They obviously, I mean, our jobs are similar in some ways, but they're so different. I could not do their job. And you know, I think a lot of times they could not do mine. Um, so I think we work really well together. Um, but I definitely am a believer in um, form and function can happen together. So that's my only, sometimes I see designers, it looks great, it will photograph great, but how does the family function in the space? Like um, you really want it to work, I think on both ends uh, so that, people are able to live and use the space properly, but also have it look really good. Right. So everything from adequate storage to layout to what other kind of things might look good, but not function well that we can inform the designers who um, might be listening to this about how to kind of play the organizer's game a little bit better. Yeah. I just think it's thinking about, you know, like in kitchens, you know, if, you know, if you cook, you know, like, okay, this should go here, the flow of how you move within a kitchen. Um, the same thing within a bathroom, you know, what's an arm's reach, like this space, you know, should this where the drawer, the hairdryer should be, is this where the, you know, just really thinking all of those things through. Cause I think it's hard, you get caught up in aesthetics and this looks so pretty. Um, you know, it's like the organizers, you know, just put everything in bins and it's got all color coded and, but it's not sometimes real life. Um, so. I think that's where I come in and really get to know people and how they work in the space because everything I do is customized for their needs. Well, tell us a little bit um, about your work and what that process is like from start to finish. You gave us a little bit of a tidbit, but I'd love to um, hear it all the way through. Sure. I usually start um, with a consultation and I come in and we do a walkthrough of the space and we talk about what's working and what's not and their goals for the space. Um, and then from there, we would set up time to organize together. And I work directly with the client one-on-one -on -one, um, because you can't really do this process um, without them because I really need their input. And also I try to transfer skills to them and find out more about how they live and work in the space. Um, so we do the work together and we schedule, they have a three hour minimum per session because you can't really get too much done in less time than that. Um, so it just depends on what the client's availability is. Um, and then there's often two um, in between sessions that can break down projects for them that they could do on their own if they want to, that can help speed up the process. Um, so it's a little bit like therapy in that way. And uh, 
there's, you know, and it also depends on too how far the client wants to take it, you know, because there's, you know, extreme organizing where everything's labeled and, you know, really down to, you know, and then some other people just need to have stuff really just, you know, tightened up and it doesn't have to go as that far. So every client's different and every situation's different. Absolutely. Um, well, I can definitely say that if you think all the other organizers do it like you do, they do not. Cause I've definitely, you know, worked a tangent in a client's house before. And it, oftentimes it's just like a team sort of running free categorizing and binning and storing. And just to circle back to what you started talking about at the top in terms of the eco-friendly stuff, I think just to reiterate that it is, first of all, I love your approach to work with the client. It's um, semi-therapeutic, hopefully, (laughs) Uh, but it's instilling education and behaviors. And that I think is the biggest difference and biggest part that organizers can play when we're talking about um, getting people to have a different approach to consumerism and buying and bringing things in. For instance, in my life and after getting into, you know, some of this dabbling into your world a little bit, I have like a one in one out kind of rule for a lot of things. I, you know, schedule my, my declutterings as I look through different spaces in the house. And that's all well and good to get rid of stuff, but you want to be able to make sure you're not just re-accumulating with old habits. And so setting up systems, talking through, doing them one-on-one and kind of adopting a new way of thinking about things and how we purchase things, or even why we hang on to things instead of getting them into better hands, I think is, you know, where a lot of our overlap is in terms of my concerns with the environment and some of the work that I do. Um, So just reiterating that and then going back to some of the tactical things that you said, um, it sounds like how you approach is um, through that really like connected integrated process and, and, you know, discussing those behaviors and those systems and things like that. And then also the reusing, um, the first R, as you said, oh, no, and the first one was reduce. I guess it's the second R, reuse. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, not jumping out and going into the car and going to the container store and buying all these new, like super fancy gadgets. I will say, I love the container store so much. I talk about it all the time. It's a fabulous place. It makes me very happy, but <laughs> But I do think it's really key. And what you're saying is we probably all, if you think about it, have like a lot of stuff, a lot of bins and a lot of organizing like containers and things and stuff that we could use that's already here or could be repurposed. And then I think you had one more really good like tidbit or approach to your work that I can't recall now. Would you say it would you want to round that out with anything else like a last little tip? how to go green during this work um yeah but I, I think going back to what you said about working with the client because it really is they have to go through this process because I think that's when they really start to realize oh my gosh I bought all this stuff and now I'm spending all this time and money now to organize all this stuff mm-hmm. that they don't necessarily need and really take inventory on what you have in your house and what you actually need and where is this ultimately you know end up um so I really like you know, getting clients to do the hard work. Cause I tell them once we do this one time, you're not going to have to do this again. 
Um, so that's kind of my hope and my goals for most of my clients. And um, that's usually how it goes. I love that. And then to, I think your last recap for us designers is to really pay attention to the function um, of things as we're putting things together and to maybe let go of our <laughs> obsession with aesthetics just a little bit. Um, should the priority for function um, need to take precedence? Um, and that's a great tip as well. So is there anything else that you want us to know about what you're doing that um, we could share with our listeners that we no. haven't discussed yet? <laughs> Keep working every day. And, you know, I love, I love what I do. I love helping people and I love helping people get things that, you know, they need. And uh, it's, it's a very rewarding job. Awesome. Well, tell us one place where our listeners can find you if they need you. Um, you can find me online at nowirehangers.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining and taking the time out of your busy day to be with us today and impart a little wisdom from, I feel like the business cousin to design. <laughs> so I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I am sure we will be in touch. Great. Thank you so much.